Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays, and it is Text Driven Tuesday on the greatest podcast in the world that no one listens to. It's <laughs> a, a fantastic new tagline. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons uh, maybe that people think we're only on Podbean because that's you know when we share stuff right. out, it comes out on Podbean, mm-hmm. and it's got people. It's not really that big a deal to download the Podbean app, but you don't have to because right. we're also on uh, iTunes or podcast player on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. We're on iTunes. Um, we're also on Google Podcasts. Though hardly anybody listens on Google Podcasts, though a few do. I can look at the old stats and see. Yeah. Spotify is also available. And Spotify killed two birds with one stone, right? That's my that's my go to music app. Yeah. And I'm gonna be looking and getting us on Amazon Music. Uh tune in with Alexa and Pandora coming up. So I mean, right now you've got iTunes, Google Podcast, Podbean if you so choose to download the Podbean app, or Spotify. But I think a lot of people they don't know that. So yep. we gotta get that word out better. It's all over the place. It's our fault. Yep. Your, it's your fault. Yeah, that's right. Mine. It is mine. <laughs> I'm working the technical. The that technical responsibility bills. falls squarely on yep. your shoulders. That's right. So I record and then I I go back to my office. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we got some things in the works though coming because uh, been looking at getting video in here too, and if that happens, we'll be releasing little short video clips. You know, they're not going to ask you to sit down and watch a whole hour, but the highlights. We'll get the highlights out there. Yep. So exciting things coming in the future. So it's text driven Tuesday, George. It is. Yeah. You preached and you finished up First Peter chapter four. Yeah. You came to the end. The book is almost over. How many more weeks you got? You think three more? Okay, three more weeks. Three more. Yeah. Three more weeks coming to an end. And then some of our elders will teach. Um, we'd like them to preach in the, the main service once a year at least. So they'll do that, and then I'll hit us up with the New Year's uh, sermon, and then I'm, we'll be back in John. That's what's coming. You gonna you gonna uh, cast a vision for us? Without a vision, the people perish. That's the number one preached sermon every New Year's. That's right. If I do preach it, I'll preach it in context, which is all about um, destruction. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if people are aware of that or not. Right. And that that would describe our time without a vision, with, without a prophetic voice, like without God's word right. being expounded to God's people, they're doomed to destruction. Well, you just destru- you just described America. Maybe right. I will preach this passage. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Okay, Let's... I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. We'll see. <laughs> we got to get through 2020 before we can get to a New Year's That's right. a New Year's sermon. The the meteor didn't hit last week, so we're, it didn't. We're no, it did not. Off to a good start. Right. No meteor. Yep. And uh, so far, no Trump victory. So there goes Pat Robertson's uh, you know, false prophecy. That's right. Should messed we, up. Should we stone him? Well, he he already. I told you before. Y two K. He was all in on Y two K. That was the end of the world. People still listen. I don't know. I don't these, yeah. Oh yeah. You've got these. You got these false prophets who keep making these these predictions that never come true, and yet yeah. people keep listening to them. Well, maybe who knows what'll happen. I heard I heard uh, one thing this morning. I got to check the factual. 
factualness, if that's a word, of this. Um, Just if listen Trump, to those fact, if, those fact checkers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If Trump refuses to leave office and contest the election mm-hmm. all the way through to January, yeah. apparently uh, the Supreme Court can declare it a uh, a failed process, right. and, it, and they kick it to Congress. And mm-hmm. then the House votes on who the president is, and the Senate votes on who the vice president is. That'd be wild. Yeah, what's wild about it is they're saying um, it's not based on how many representatives. Each state gets the same amount of, mm-hmm. of votes. Right. Like, and, and I think there are more more Republican states than there are Democrat states, so Trump would win. Interesting. But I like the scenario where Biden wins. Yeah. And then the Senate makes Pence his VP. <laughs> right. Because we all know he's not going to survive a year. Yeah. And then Pence would become the president. Right. And then he'd have to choose a new VP. Yeah. And maybe, who would he pick? Would he pick Trump? It would be the most bizarre, strange thing ever to happen. Right. But it would be so fitting for 2020. It would make total sense. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll just, we'll just wait and see, I guess. Uh, who knows? Yep. Don't know. Well, let's get to the text. Okay. How about that? All right. That's what the people want. That's what we'll give them. <laughs> all, so three, you, all, all three of them? All three of them. Yeah. No, it's growing. We're growing. We're, we're growing every week, little by little. That's good. Before long, we'll be competing with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Grinding it out. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Though, man, I, I'm just going to get back on topic. All right. I, I <laughs> could talk say, about the Joe Rogan say, stuff forever. Save it for He's got save some, it for Friday. Yeah. <laughs> his stuff is insane. Some of his stuff, like some of his episodes, he's totally high. Yeah. Which we've talked about before makes the ELRC <laughs> article the, that that more ridiculous. Right. No, it's the uh, Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition. That was it. Yeah. Yep. I watched a seven-minute rant. He was totally high talking about monkeys and if chimpanzees, <laughs> if chimpan, if chimpanzees numbered, uh, it had the population of 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 like humans. Uh-huh. He's like, you couldn't walk to your car. <laughs> He's like, you'd get mugged on the way to your car, and they'd like tear your face off. Um, so uh, I'm glad the Gospel Coalition, you know, in, they they encourage Christians to enlighten to me, be like Joe Rogan. They enlighten me to have my podcast, or our our podcast, right. Uh, be like Joe Rogan. Right. Always the hard-hitting pieces. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, George. Oh, man. We are just, <laughs> we're so okay. far off topic. <laughs> I'm going to have, I, I want to ask you to read the passage. Okay. All right. But before you do, just briefly, in 30 seconds, set the context. Um, It's Peter prepare, preparing the churches for suffering. I like and, that. And, and persecution. Yes. That, that's that's what he means by suffering. Uh-huh. Um, probably, probably everywhere in this letter, wherever he uses that word "suffering," he has in mind particularly persecution. Yeah, not not just the trials and pain that comes in this fallen world, but particularly the pain that comes to Christians from a hostile world. Okay, because because of their faith. Yeah, and so chapter four, verse verses one through six, he's told them to to arm themselves with with this mindset preparing yeah. for suffering uh, verses seven through 11. He has 
um, told them how to live in light of the last days. And, and now he's going to um, encourage them to persevere because there's blessings. There's yeah. blessings in suffering. I like one little bit of, of context that you gave in the sermon, because the word Christians is used here. Right, and it's not used very. It's not used very often. Yeah, three times in the New yeah. Testament. And you made the, the the very important point that up until now in the Roman Empire, the Romans kind of viewed Christians just as a sect of mm-hmm. Judaism. Right, and Judaism was legal. Yeah, it was a legal religion. It's a legal religion. Um, they were exempt from um, like emperor worship. Yeah, like they didn't have to. They didn't have to go all in mm-hmm. because they they were recognized as a legal religion. Yeah. Um, and up till now, the Christians were viewed as as part of Judaism, mm-hmm. but but that's changed, and now yeah. they're seen as a religious sect, right? This new cult that's branched out of Judaism, yeah, and they're illegal, and it's illegal to be a Christian, mm-hmm. and so that's and that's to that's the people he's writing to, right? Yeah, we're we're used to being called Christians because mm. it's been used for you know almost two thousand years now, and and we just take that. That's what we are. That's that's the label that we have. But in in the context of this letter, uh, when he says Christian, that's it's um, that's a new term, and it's not necessarily a positive term, right? Um, it, and it's a dangerous term. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, please read for us the text that you preached, and then we'll get into it. All right. This is chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. All right. Very good. And in this, you you divided it up. Um, you kind of set two um, paths, really, or ways of life before us, and, and you called this uh, two very simple, there are two very simple truths that you wanted to communicate here. Right. One was there are infinite blessings in suffering as a Christian, and two, there are never-ending um, sources of. You can't, here we go. You can't read your here we go. Can you? <laughs> never-ending sorrows. sorrows. That's what I meant yes. to say. There are never-ending sorrows for living as an unbeliever. You're really gonna have to work on that. There are that infinite, handwriting, Jay. I'm writing it on my little on this phone here. Yeah, I need to maybe get a piece of paper. There are infinite blessings in suffering as a Christian. There are never-ending sorrows for living as an unbeliever. So these are the two truths you take us through. So let's jump off into number one. Okay. Infinite blessings in suffering as a Christian. We, he begins with, uh, do not be surprised. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's, let's hit that. Okay. Take that, run with it, jump off from there. Okay. Well, in, um, 
you know this this phrase do not be surprised it's it's a word that's used up in verse four Mm. so we've, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago that we're not supposed to do what the gentiles want to do and their their sensuality and their drunkenness and their their parties yeah right and he says in verse four with with respect to this they are surprised when you do not join with them in their flood of debauchery yeah Right. So, so you don't, as a Christian, you're not supposed to join in with this this party lifestyle of you know immediate sensual pleasure. Yeah. Um, and they think it's strange. You're a strange person if you don't join in with this. Um, well, now he's in verse twelve. He's he's using that same word and directing it at us. Yeah. Don't think it's strange when the world hates you, mm-hmm. when they turn their hostility and their animosity towards you um, because of your strange lifestyle. Don't be surprised, um, because this is this this is just the reality of of what it means to be a, a follower yeah. of Christ in this this wicked this wicked age this wicked culture. They're they're going to think you're bizarre, and because of that, uh, going back to verse four, they're going to malign you. They're going to blaspheme you. Yeah, blaspheme yeah. you, and that that blaspheming uh, is going to turn into uh, just open persecution yeah um don't be surprised that these trials that come upon us they're they're ordinary but there's mm-hmm. also a component to them that you pointed out and that they have uh they have a there's like a test nature to them mm-hmm. a trial right they'd call it a trial by fire almost that's a yeah that's yeah a, that's a little catchphrase today yeah, right but that's really what he's getting at oh yeah right? yeah it's it's um a question was raised in our community group um, on Sunday afternoon about this because there, the it's the same word. It's translated test and temptation uh-huh. in the Greek, right? So what what's the what's the difference between these two? Well, con- context always it's context drive, right drives it, right. It's yeah. always context. Um, from the uh, trunk, trunk of a car, trunk of a tree, trunk of an elephant. Right, right. So, so from the um, the the context, God, God doesn't tempt us; He tests us, mm. right? But how we respond to those those tests reveals temptation, mm. because the temptation rises from our our hearts. So when so in the in the context of something like persecution. Someone is insulting you for the for being a Christian. They're making fun of you. Um, Peter says that's a test. Mm. It's a test. It's, it's trying you. Um, but temptation arises out of that because what it, when someone makes fun of you, what rises to the surface? Right. Right. You you want to respond in kind. Right. Right. <laughs> you want to you want to you know insult them back or mm. or have some kind of sarcastic remark you you want to say something cutting to them so you come out on top right and that's the temptation that arises out of that test uh, but this idea of this fiery trial it's 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 like the smelting process yeah right the you know they the smelting smelting uh the blacksmith puts like a precious metal mm-hmm. in the fire melts it down to its liquid form and in that uh, when that that metal um, it becomes a liquid. All the impurities rise to the top, mm-hmm. um, and then they they just 
scrape it off. Scrape it off, right? No, no, it's and then when it solidifies again, it's it's a pure metal. There's no impurities in it anymore. That's what's going on with the with these fiery trials that are that are meant to test us. Mm -hmm. When we go through the fire of persecution, the impurities rise to the top because now our um, our thoughts, our our desires, all of that rises to the surface, right? So someone says something mean to you. The temptation is, I want to say something mean back. Mm. That's that's rising to the top, right? Right. It's exposing these things that are in your heart, um, or your idols, right? Um, your your idols are suddenly exposed when you're insulted for being a Christian. Um, these temptations rise to the top because your your idol is um, comfort or peace or you just want to be liked by everyone or, um, I mean, just name right. name something, uh -huh. right? It rises to the top. Well, you can either give in to that idol, you can try to worship that idol and respond to someone with, you know, whatever sarcastic remark comes to your mind, or you can kill it. Mm. Right, and that's the purpose of these trials. It's to wean us off of the world. Mm -hmm. Right, no longer are you going to be um, chasing after the lust of this world, right? Because it's all being stripped away. Mm -hmm. It's being stripped away through through these fiery trials of, of persecution and hostility. Yeah, and so these so persecution is not random. Right, it's it's ordained, and it's for our good. Yeah. So it's not meant to it's not meant to destroy us, it's meant to purify us. That's right. Yeah. And it, this is a normal part of the of the Christian life. It's an or, it's an ordinary thing and mm -hmm. <clears throat> we've had such a long run. Now, of course, some people have always been uh persecuted. I I would think that all Christians are persecuted to a degree, right? right. Yeah. It's been a minor degree though. Well, that's that's right? that's like, something I've that... always I've always been like, right. Even in the army, you know, when yeah. I was pretty much accepted by, you know, it's it's the boys' club, <laughs> right. and you know, we're we're close, we're close as family. We yeah. deploy together, but even they can't, you know, they've got to take their cheap shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you just learn to accept it. There yeah. comes a, in fact, I just had this conversation with uh, my daughter. There comes a time when every Christian has to settle in their mind: this is who I am. Um. And I'm against the world. The world's against me. Yeah, you're for the world in that you want the the gospel to be brought to the world. Yeah, but your your act they're in rebellion against your king, and you're in rebellion against the world, and it's obvious. And there so there comes a time where you just have to settle in your mind. You're going to be the weird kid, <laughs> right? Okay. You're not going to get invited to stuff. You're going to get left out. Yeah. People going to talk about you behind your back. Um, that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, something that this this is it's on topic, but it's it's going a little bit to an aside. Okay, and that's why I didn't bring it up in the sermon because I felt like it would get too far away from the passage. But I think here um, would be a good good place to discuss it. Okay, is because um, I've seen this and heard this um, even just recently with the all the stuff that was going on during COVID and and the government's shutting down churches and and lawsuits and all of this and i've i've seen people good 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 christians post things like christian you need to stop thinking that this is persecution um 
persecution is what's going on to believers in China mm-hmm. or North Korea or, or the Middle East. Um, you know, what's going on here is not persecution. And um, I think that's wrong. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a good perspective. Mm. And I. I want to bring this out um, from a couple of passages. Okay. So first place is Genesis chapter twenty-one, which okay. is an interesting place I think to go. Right. Um, but you've got the story of of the birth of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Isaac's born, and we read this in, in Genesis twenty-one. It says the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, laughing. And then she um, tells Abraham to cast Hagar and, and Ishmael out. Right. So Isaac's born. Ishmael is, I don't know how old he is. He's probably, uh, I, I think he's like seven or eight okay. at this time. And he's, he's laughing. Uh-huh. All right? And in the context, he's laughing at Isaac. Uh-huh. Don't really know why, but he's laughing. Well, you, you come over to Galatians chapter four, and, and Paul picks up on this story. Uh-huh. And he says this, he says, now you brothers like Isaac are children of promise. So he's comparing Sarah and Hagar and, and Isaac and Ishmael in this passage. He says, now you brothers are like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh, Ishmael, mm. and he changes this word and he says, persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So also it is now. So Paul takes this story in, in Genesis 21 where Ishmael is laughing at Isaac and he changes it and says persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just look at um, the things that Jesus says are persecution in Matthew chapter 5. Yeah, Jesus says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evils against you falsely. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's persecution yeah. in Jesus' mind. Mm-hmm. Everything that Peter talks about here in, in chapter 4 it's verbal. Like it, it, there doesn't seem to be a sense that it has come to bodily right. harm yeah. yet. He's yeah. warning them that it, it is. He's preparing them for that. Yeah. But at the time that he's writing this, um, he says things like, they're insulting you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or they're calling you a Christian. They're, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're using, they der- they're using a derogatory, yeah. derogatory terms. This is, this is persecution to the minds of, Paul and Jesus and Peter. Yeah. So I think that we need to we we need to understand that persecution is not just they're throwing me in jail mm-hmm. or they're trying to kill me. Yeah. Um, persecution is any kind of reviling or insulting or yeah. or even laughing because yeah. you're a Christian. Right. Now there's a warning like we don't want to have a person we don't have a martyr complex where we're walking around and everything bad that someone says to us is persecution right. like people at, at your work may not like you very much and it may not be because you're a christian it may be because you're a jerk <laughs> <laughs> it may be because you're uh, you're obnoxious yeah um so we don't want to have a martyr complex but we do want to understand that um you don't have to don't don't um don't let people feel make you feel bad yeah because People are insulting you yeah. as a Christian, but hey, that's not persecution because mm-hmm. when they're not trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. I, Good. That, that's, that, you know, the persecution involves more than that. And for most of the New Testament, it seems like it's <clears throat> mainly verbal. Yeah. Now, we're told in this context of to not be surprised going along with this that we're to be uh, 
con- contrary in my mind, I saw, don't be surprised, but be rejoicing. Right. That seems to be a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, he tells you don't, don't think it's strange when persecution comes, but then he tells you to rejoice. And that does seem strange, yeah, right? right it does. That does seem like something that yeah. you would you would think it's strange. And yet here's this is in an imperative. It's a command. Yeah. You are called to rejoice. And the and the language he uses here is he's used often is the union with Christ language. Mm-hmm. And then you gave us uh, some blessings that should cause us to rejoice. So yeah, we're not, can can you can you walk us through those? We're not rejoicing because we're hurting mm-hmm. like we're not we're not masochist yeah right he's not calling us to just rejoice because bad things are happening to you he's he's calling you to rejoice because there's blessings yeah and there's 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 two blessings that he's really dealing with here and it has to do with union with christ the first one is found in verse 13 rejoice in so far as you share christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed mm-hmm. this is union with christ's language mm-hmm. when you suffer you're suffering in union with Christ. Yeah. You're you're following the steps of Jesus. Jesus suffered, you're suffering with him. When he died, you died with him. His his resurrection life is your resurrection life. Yeah. And so you're following in his footsteps. Yeah. Um and you rejoice because if you share in his sufferings, you're promised that you'll share in his glory. Right. Yeah. So his glorification is is the promise of our glorification yeah. because where Jesus ends up is where his people who are in union with him end up. Yeah, and in this in this uh, mysterious way, Paul tells us in Ephesians two that we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Yeah. Now. Yeah, that's Colossians chapter three, also. Yeah, seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I was thinking about it this past weekend because it, many people in the news on Twitter and they they seem to be very stressed out over the election. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not trying to take a shot at them, but one thing that was crossing my mind is for people that are seated in the heavenly places, we ought not to be too worried about earthly affairs, mm-hmm. right? We we lose perspective. Right. Yeah, we, we do. really do. Yeah, Paul Paul in Colossians chapter 3, he says, set your mind on things that are above where Christ is. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is that you're with him. Yeah. Like you're, you're here, like we're in this room recording a podcast, but... Our union with Christ is so real that it's as if we're already seated with with Him in in glory. Yeah, and what's so amazing about this union with Christ, like uh, it's so applicable, right? So I'm talking with one of my children. Don't want to give away too much, but as you know, teenagers they can tend to worry about things and mm-hmm. the world. And I say, let's put this in perspective. You're here for a millisecond. All <laughs> right. Um, the Bible says that you're going to inherit everything. Yeah. The universe is yours. Yep. What are you worried about this thing for? The universe is yours. You'll judge angels. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're literally, you're a king or you're a queen. Yeah. You rule with Christ. Like, that's mind, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. We don't think about that. Yeah. And it's, it has nothing to do with us. It's just given to you. Like, oh, what else can I give you? How about I'll give you everything in Christ? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think that, that's the thing. Like, there's a reason why Martin Luther could could say, let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. Mm. Like all those things are stripped away through through persecution. And Martin Luther knew, you know, a thing or two about being persecuted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All these things are stripped away. 
And yet, when everything is stripped away, what's he have left? He has Christ. Yeah. And so he has everything. He hasn't lost anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. When you go through persecution, when you face these, these hostilities from the world and these things are being stripped away, people don't like you anymore. Mm. Um, you don't have comfort anymore. Like you walk into a room and, and you are noticed and not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all these, all these things are being stripped away from you layer by layer. And when all of these things are gone, you still have everything because you have Jesus. <laughs> you haven't lost anything of worth. Yeah. And right. we need to, we need to, to understand that. We need to get back to that. We need to have this mindset that Christ suffered. I'm called to suffer too. Mm-hmm. And so every single day I'm supposed to die to myself pick up my cross and carry it to my place of execution. And if you do that every single day, when you actually are walking up the steps to the scaffold, you've prepared your entire life for this. Yeah. Like it's just, you, you have died every single day. Today's no different. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just going to die today. Just like I've been called to die every, every other day. Yeah. There is a second blessing. There is. Yeah. Um, and this is found in verse 14. He says, if you are insulted there again, that's verbal, right? If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Yeah. And this is the, this is the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit rests upon believers. Um, and this is the promise of, this is the seal, right? This is the seal of your redemption. Mm-hmm. The, the promises of of glory are already there it's already sealed it's already a guarantee in your life you you already are part of this um this the eschatological realities are are now and the evidence is the spirit yeah, yeah. what's interesting is that um and I, I didn't bring this up either what is eschatological in times okay it's in times blessings right. right um what's interesting is uh this language that he uses is used in Isaiah chapter 11. Mm. And what's interesting is that Isaiah chapter 11 is about the Messiah. So, um, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his root shall bear fruit and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Um, and almost every commentator that I read said that He's he's probably alluding to this phrase that the spirit of the Lord rests upon the Messiah, yeah. but here the spirit of the Lord rests upon us. Mm. So we're again that's union with Christ. Christ has the fullness of the Spirit. He has died, been raised. He's been glorified, and now He pours out the Spirit upon His people, and the Spirit of the Lord rests upon us. Yeah. And so the, these blessings, these end times blessings. They're already a present reality in our lives. So when you go through suffering, the spirit is the evidence that um, you can suffer well because there's blessings on the other side. Mm. <laughs> and you already know it. It's already here, right? So we can, the spirit is the one who empowers us. He's the one who causes us to persevere. He's the one who comforts us. He's the one that reminds us that God loves us. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the evidence of, of all of this. Um, and so you can you can suffer well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. 
All right. So now let's move on to this uh, this start comparison. Okay. Uh, there's that for the believers. Uh, right there is that there are infinite blessings in suffering as a Christian, but now there are never-ending um, sufferings for living as an unbeliever. You still Un- can't unbeliever. You still can't read your handwriting, can you? Sorrows. Never-ending never sorrows. sorrows. Same sorrows. thing, suffering. It is. Sorrows, yeah, it is. Sorrows, sufferings. Yeah. Yeah, so on the one hand, you've got believers who suffer for a little bit, and then there's there's these infinite blessings that stretch off into forever. Um, but for unbelievers, they may live uh, they may live a comfortable, peaceful, uh, enjoyable life. Yeah. But it's just for a second. Yeah. And then they have sorrows that stretch off into forever. Yeah. And so here's two paths for you. Which one? Which one are you going to choose? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And, and it's and it seems when we talk about it in the um, you know kind of in this this. Not concrete, right? Yeah. Like kind of in this, this general ideas. It sounds so. It sounds so obvious. Like I'll choose the I'll choose the momentary sorrow, or you know, for yeah. for the infinite blessings. <laughs> right. But when it actually becomes a reality and you're going through it, yeah. Then you're you're tempted. Eh, yeah. Right. Like even minor inconveniences mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes just ruin our day. Right. Um. So we need these reminders. We need to be reminded and prepare now. Like this is not something that you can wait until they're they're actually trying to um, you know drag you to prison. Yeah. Before you you start thinking about these things, uh-huh. you have to prepare now so that when it happens, you're already ready. Yeah. You're you're already dressed and and you you've armed yourself, like he said in in verse one. Um. Because when when you actually are experiencing these fiery trials. You're tempted to to just believe what your eyes see and what your ears hear and what your hands feel, right? Mm-hmm. But the the blessings are things that um, we receive by faith. Yeah. And so there's these never ending sorrows that we need to be reminded of for those who don't persevere as a, as a Christian. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, um, what else do you have on that, George? Well, uh, I mean, he he lays out again in verse 15, let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, had a, you had a little... That's a little something on there. Meddler, it's a strange yeah, word. Yeah, it's a strange word. You go to... Uh, you go to if, you've, if you've studied Greek, you know, BDAG mm-hmm. is like the... That's... That that's, is, he was that's a gangster like, rapper, right? <laughs> That's right. He was uh, one of the originators. He, he was an innovator, him and Dr. Dre. That's right. B-Dag and Dr. Dre. No? Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> <laughs> B-Dag is, is like the, um, that's the go-to reference yeah. for, for, it's it's a it's like the exhaustive Greek dictionary. Yeah. It's, yeah. It'll give you the background of the gives, words. Yeah, it gives you every, you know, the different, yeah. the different uh, translations, and uh-huh. yeah, it gives you all of this. Well, when you, when I referenced this word meddler, um, it, they said that the meaning has not been determined with certainty. 
<laughs> that's always that's yeah. always fun. Yeah. So you have to dig into it because it's been translated in so many different ways. The King right. James translates it as busybody. Yeah, it, this may be a, a fun little tangent for people how they uh, how they uncover how these words are used. Is any any ancient Greek uh, writing they can find? I mm-hmm. mean, it could be a, a a death certificate. Yeah, anything. Right. Uh, 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 someone's will. Mm-hmm. So they find all these things and they learn. How the words were used, right. and lo and behold, the biblical writers use their words of the day. Yeah, except for this word. Surprise! Uh, this word. <laughs> this this word is not found anywhere yeah. before First Peter. Yeah, and so that's led some. He made a word. That's that's led some to say that Peter coined this word. We make words all the times up on this on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, just that's just how language works. Yeah. There's there's words that are used today that were made up. And now they're they're common vernacular, right? Yeah. Well, this is a word that Peter may have made up, and they're, so they're not sure exactly what it means. It's only used like two other times anywhere mm-hmm. after Peter uses it, and even there, it's not quite it's not quite sure yeah. what it means. So, busybody. Um, the Christian Standard Bible, in a footnote, says it could be uh, translated as one who defrauds others. Um, or it has this wide range from meddler to concealer of stolen goods, all the way to a spy or a revolutionist. So it's <laughs> there's just this wide, yeah. this wide range. Yeah. Now, revolutionists might fit in with the context: murder, thief, evildoer. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to overthrow the government. Yeah, that's right? right. Or it could be used as as a way of contrast: don't suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer. Don't even suffer as a meddler, a busybody, as someone who George. You're gonna be a lot of scared old their... ladies if they listen to this podcast. <laughs> don't even be someone who can't mind your own business. Don't oh, be. Man. Don't even be obnoxious. So it could. It could just be this. It could be a word that that means something like don't don't try to overthrow the government. Mm. That certainly would have applied to the context about... because you've got you've got the Christians who are still being tied in with the the, Jew, the Jews. Yeah, yeah. And just in a few short years, there's going to be a war that breaks out because the Jews are going to be guilty mm. of being murderers and thieves and evildoers and revolutionists. Uh, insurrections, yeah. And so he could be warning them against that. Or he could be doing this big contrast. Don't be a murderer. Don't be a thief. Don't be an evildoer. Don't even be obnoxious. Mm. Like you should be living such a righteous lifestyle that there is no reason to give to the unbelievers for persecuting you. Ah. Right. Good. So it, it, pick one. Pick one. Right. <laughs> it does. <laughs> or but, or go with both. Uh, yeah. I mean, both of them are true. I like the right? contrast. It seems to be fitting with. Uh, there, yeah. there should be no reason. I mean, both of them are true. Yeah. Don't don't do either of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> um, but I I tend to lean towards the the contrast between don't suffer for these criminal activities, but don't even be someone that that could be. A busybody. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't don't be someone like that either. I like that because yeah. um, that's something that we need to work on, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that Christians, uh, the temptation to be a murderer probably isn't, you know, mm-hmm. super present. Right. <laughs> but a lot of Christians can't mind their own business. George, don't step on my toes, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, I can't mind my own business. The, I, uh, I, I prefer. The, to be uh, to be minding my own business, yeah, kind of like you. I reach a point in the day, I, like I love to be around people. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love to talk. But then I reach a point where I'm like, Nah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. 
I'm right? <laughs> minding my own. So that's not an issue for me. Live a peaceful life, but but it is an issue for a lot of people. But um, the the urge for some people is you got to comment on everything on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like someone says something that you that you disagree with, and here comes the keyboard warrior, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh. um, there's a place for that, but I've never, I've never, you've never, I'm good at arguing, George. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, I'm good at arguing. Have you ever won a Facebook argument? I've, I can, I can, I feel confident that I can debate people in person, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not afraid. I, give me a tiny bit of time to prepare. Yeah, and I'm gonna throw down. I've never won a Facebook argument, George. Yeah, I don't. I think it's impossible. I don't think that you can win a Facebook argument. It's one of can. those things that's impossible. Yeah, you cannot win a Facebook ar- Facebook argument. Right, you can't do it. And yet, there are people that still. I've tried all techniques. But, <laughs> I've tried a full frontal assault. <laughs> right, hit them with a bull rush. Uh huh. I've tried to lay, you know, lay back and be a little bit cordial, be nice. Yeah. You know, kind of work it in, try to be gentle. Mm-hmm. No, no tactics. Yeah. They, nothing works. Lay out the lay out the facts. Yeah. No. Throw out some links for them to, yeah. No. It, I don't think it works, but you know that's that. that you know, it's it, we we say that we don't have a problem with that, but it can very subtly it can it can worm its way, yeah. Because the heart is, it's super evil, right? Um, our hearts are deceitful, yeah. And so we have to be on guard against those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and. and these are the things that um, they they lend a bad name to being a Christian because yes. oh here's those obnoxious Christians that yeah. you know like there's a they're pl- always there's, arguing on the Facebooks yeah here so, they go again on Twitter so we need to be and and this is not to say that people are going to like us yeah right um, but the, the 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 issue that you're getting at is they ought to not like you because you're a Christian yeah right there not because be, there not because be you're an obnoxious person yeah right you it, let the gospel offend them yeah. Not your personality, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> we need That's to right. be we need to be gracious. We need to be winsome. We need to be wise. Um, they're they're still gonna hate us because the message is hateful to them. Yeah. They hate Jesus, and so they're gonna hate hearing about him. That's right. Uh, no matter how winsome you are, you you can be the most calm, peaceful person. The world is gonna hate you for being a Christian. Mm. Let them hate you for being a Christian. Don't let them hate hate you because you're you're someone who is just annoying. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, and that's something that we all need to work on because everyone can be obnoxious. Sometimes we we've got to we've got to be wise in how we live. Um, and so if anyone's so he he goes on in verse sixteen. If anyone suffers as a Christian, again that's probably a derogatory. Mm-hmm word let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god don't be ashamed of being a christian wear that as a, a badge of honor yeah, yeah. Right? it's it's the same it's the same as you know um nowadays someone being called a fundamentalist right or you're you're uh you know you're a puritan yeah right yeah. Uh, that's the same that's the same idea but there's or, a, you're, or you're a white person <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can't win at anything anymore right right especially if you're a man why didn't I bring that up? In this I don't one? know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's a contrast. There's a contrast. You don't have to be ashamed for being a Christian because look at how the, look at the ultimate end for the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. So judgment starts at the household of God. If, if, if the righteous are, are saved through difficulty, then what will happen to the unbeliever in the center? Yeah. Right. If, if this is, if, if, uh, 
if to be a Christian, you have to enter through the narrow gate, if you have to go through suffering, mm-hmm. and this is this is what it <laughs> this is what Christians have to do. What's going to happen to the unbeliever? And the the um, the insinuation is that it's going to be massively worse. Yeah. Right. Uh, the sorrows of those who chase after other gods will surely multiply, is what David says in Psalm sixteen. Mm-hmm. Right. So they they may think that they've got they've got all this pleasure, and they may live this lifestyle that is carefree and not. Um, you know, bound up in rules. You know, they, they think that we're just trying to be a killjoy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and they may think that they've they've got the world, and they may live uh, even you know a a morally good life, and be surrounded by their you know their their children and grandchildren at their you know on their deathbed, and they've they've accomplished so much. Yeah. And they've 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 achieved all of these accomplishments in the world, and books have been written about them, and they've secured their legacy and and all of this. That's momentary. It's gone as soon as they close their eyes the last time. As soon as their heart stops beating, there's never ending sorrow. Yeah, very sobering thought. Yeah. Mm. So verse nineteen caps it off, right? Yeah. So because of this, in light of this, therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Yeah. You can do these things mm-hmm. because um, th- this is the ultimate reality. There's yeah. blessings for believers. There's sorrow for unbelievers. We can entrust our soul to God. He is a faithful creator. Mm. He will keep all of his promises. His word will hold true. There is no, there is no true believer in Jesus who will ever be ashamed of suffering and enduring to the end. Yeah, because on the other side is glory. Yeah, as Paul says, a momentary light affliction it's working for us an eternal weight of glory. Right, and it's such a small time when you think about your life. Just, I mean, we're what are we? We're getting ready to be like forty years old. We're getting ready to be forty. Yep. We said this today. We're not, we're not young pastors. Right. I think yeah, I consider my in anymore. my mind I'm like a young pastor. Oh yeah. But I guess I'm not. Yep. I'm also young in my mind when I'm out there playing baseball with my kid. Are you? And I'm like throw it, <laughs> throw it throw it down the middle. I'm going 450 dead center. Yep. And I take a hack and I'm you know I'm hunched over cuz my back my back's thrown out. <laughs> right. But we're not young men anymore. And yeah. the, this life goes by so quick, George. It does. So yeah. quick. Every time I blink. every time I look in the mirror my my beard is just it's just growing more and more gray. Yeah. And it just it's just a reminder that this life is passing. Yeah, it, so the, the our suffering is temporary mm-hmm. and momentary. Right. It's in comparison to where we're going, it's it's a light thing. Yeah. So we can entrust our souls to to God. Yeah. This this word is the same word that Jesus uses in in Luke when he's with his last breath, he says into your hands I commit or entrust my spirit. Yeah. And now Peter is is he's picking up those words and he's saying, "You, you Christian who are suffering, you can entrust your soul to God." Mm. Yeah, very good, George. Very good. All right. Well, how many more do you have to wrap up the letter? 
Three more. Three more. Yep. Three more. Chapter five. Three more There'll Sundays. Three more. Three and more then uh, on text driven Tuesdays, I'm about to figure out a way to get the other elders in here to That's talk gonna about this. That's going to be fun. That's going to be good. Yeah. We'll have, uh, there'll be three of us in here. Yep. And we'll have, uh, I think up first is Parker. Then I think it's Dave, then Philip. That's the order coming in December. I know Philip is last. I'm not sure yeah. who's going first. I think it's Parker. Okay. That'd be good, though. Parker, then Dave, then Philip. Yep, it is going to be good. It's going to be a good time. All right, couple call call to actions. Go ahead and give us a like. Mm-hmm. Smash the like button on Facebook. Write us a review. And subscribe on whatever platform. Don't have to use Podbean. And share with your friends. Yep. There you go. Hope this has been a blessing to you. Text Driven Tuesday. It's always fun to come in here, George, and talk with you about the sermon. Hopefully it's helpful. helps people to digest what they heard on Sunday. If they missed the sermon, they can hear this, and hopefully it helps them to process and to uh, better apply the text to their life, to understand it, to apply it, and then to try to live out in this world uh, like Christ. And every day, that's our goal, to be more and more conformed to Christ.